aka Beckett Mariner, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Sisters. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Tamia, and this is the Sci-Fi Sister Show, where we give you our point of view. I'm joined today by my sister, Yvette Lackman Time. Hello. And we are so excited to bring you this show today because we have a really special guest uh, in store. And uh, this is our second time trying to make this happen because we actually made it happen in person once before. And now we're going to do it again for real, for real. And so you probably know her. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure most of us know her uh, as the voice of Beckett Mariner from Lower Decks and as Captain Angela Ali from Space Force. Or you might be listening to her podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? She is the one, the only, the incredible, the lovely, the hilarious, the talented Miss Tawny Newsome, baby, y'all. Thank you. The hype. Yes, I'll take all the hype I can get. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, this isn't us doing this again because, you know, podcasts are like improv. It's like a baseball game. You can't repeat move so this is just that was a that was practice the same way you have okay. practice if you're a baseball team right okay. yeah, yeah and yeah. this is the game this is the real world series yes because to me a press record <laughs> now you didn't have to throw her under we are no, 10 Joe, seconds see, in damn we are that's right yeah, my countdown says <laughs> 60 seconds into this episode and already the finger pointing y'all like the spider-man <laughs> meme like you i was not you. gonna say anything until just now i said no you have to press record you though. couldn't wait you were that event be real be real event when you were in class were you that little kid who teacher's like okay and that's it for today and you're like teacher you forgot to assign the homework <laughs> Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. I feel that for you. I feel that energy a little bit. Yeah, oh, it's cool. It's cool. I can take it. I can take it a bit. I love you. I love you to death. Look, you know, my uh, lower decks producer Brad Winters told me a story because we try. We we did. We recorded. We had our practice record um, at uh, Star Trek Shy. We did it in person. We got to meet in person. It was really great because then when I saw y'all the rest of the weekend, I was like, hey, girl, like, you know, right. then I like knew you. Right. right. Um, so it was nice to meet you. And it was unfortunate that we had a technical bobble. But I, you know, I meant it in the moment when I was like, you will think this is funny. I promise right now it feels devastating, but we will we'll get it and then we'll have a fun story about it later. Um and I, I meant it also when I was like, this, I am not affected by this. Please don't feel like I'm mad or whatever, because I'm a podcaster. This stuff happens. I've been recording people, recording guests. I've had massive mess ups, way bigger than that, where it's someone that I couldn't then get again because mm-hmm. they were just like too famous and they disappeared into the wind. Um, but <laughs> my Lord X producer, Brad, reminded me. Because uh, he was like, how'd the Sci-Fi Sisters recording go? And I was like, well, it went great. It just didn't go into the machine. Um, <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, this keeps happening to you. Remember season three, uh, we lost like two episodes of Lower Decks. We lost your audio. And I had completely blacked it out. Because, oh, you know, we record gosh. like, I, I don't know, almost a year ago at this point for season three. I don't remember those recording sessions. And I'm not going to say where I was. I was not at our home studio in LA. I was somewhere else. They were using a different studio, a different engineer. And I'm not going to point fingers, but something <laughs> happened to that audio oh and it was God. just 
gone for like this was like four hours worth of work oh my god so i had to go back in and re-record it but i also like i love that job so i didn't Mm -hmm. care they were i think they were worried that i was gonna be like how dare you right (laughs) oh this is fun i get to be beckett more this is great like you were gonna suddenly go from beckett to like miss diva and like my time is too valuable to come back and record for you i don't i don't say words twice how dare you (laughs) how dare you Oh, it happens. Okay, now we're here again. Right. Yes. And you know, like, it was yeah. cool, too, because in Chicago, like, we had, like, this black fangirl connection all together, too, you know? Yes. Which, you know, like, yeah. that that was just the, that was the dope thing. Like, the Chicago, Star Trek Mission Chicago had all the black nerds came out, like, and represented mm-hmm. strong out there. And yes. that just felt like, that felt like so much love. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah so much love there were so many fans that just like i almost felt like they just needed me to see them and to like see that they were there like because they weren't even necessarily like huge lower decks fan like they were just kind of all trek fans and they they weren't coming up to talk about our show they were kind of just coming up to just be like hey like bear witness we are here like i see you you see me we love star Mm -hmm. trek okay peace Mm -hmm, and i was like oh i love this like you don't have to you don't have to get in line to get my autograph but like if you see me (laughs) sitting there at a table and you're a black fan you want to just come up and talk about star trek i am fully down for that yes and i think everybody was i mean everybody we talked to was like that they're like yeah come 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 talk to us talk to us it was it was awesome it was i felt I felt seen, I guess, too. Yeah. I guess, yeah. It felt well, good. <laughs> y'all have this, y'all have such a special little corner of the internet in your lives with this podcast that mm-hmm. I think is so rare. Because I, I know for me, if it, you know, if I have my black friends who I want to like ch- chill with and talk about black stuff, that doesn't completely overlap with my group of friends that are Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I think for people to be able to talk about this with other black folks is really, really special. Yes. It yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it really so is. do I. Like, I mean, and I think that's one of the reasons why, like, we, Sci-Fi Sisters was born, you know, because we were mm-hmm. trying to have conversations that centered our Black experiences, you know, it, like, the we filter Trek through these experiences, you know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in more non-Black spaces, <laughs> you know, like, it, mm-hmm. our cultural point of view is not very well received all the time or even if it's received it's not understood and you can't often have a conversation that's really simpatico you know with people Mm -hmm. and people might be trying to understand but they don't get it you know like um you know like did you see um miss celia rose gooding as uhura with the bonnet on with the starfleet oh yes starfleet Mm. durag absolutely yes there was the the emblem was on it and everything. The Delta. Like, yeah, yeah. The Delta. Yeah, I know. I, I said like, bonnet. Yes. I meant the do-rag. Yeah. The do-rag. No, I no. These like, are all, they're interchangeable. The, right. The do- we, you know the, what we're talking about. You know, I know. what we're talking about. <laughs> the Delta was such a nice touch. I was like, I need yes. one of those. Right. I need that. Everybody. All of and us. And that, that was the conversation. You knew who was making, you knew who was behind the words because they're like, so where is this? Right. Is it on the yep. is it on the website? Where where are we buying this? Is, who made this? Right. Somebody is it like a fan? What you know? Because that was always okay. I need this now. Bring it to me. Right. <laughs> Give my money. <laughs> Give it to me now. Yeah. Like that so. broke black Twitter. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) Okay. Sign me up. Sign me up. (laughs) Well, one of the things that we talked about before that, uh, like, a conversation that I really enjoyed was talking about um, growing up as that sort of different kid, you know, like, um, I was a, I was a kid that straddled different, different cultural lines and was definitely not a kid, like in the norm of my peer group. Like I listened Mm -hmm. to a lot of different music, you know, like I listened, I'm a child of the seventies and eighties. Right. So it was like, it was punk. It was rock along with all the funk and the soul classics, you know, there was like, you know, bad brains thrown in there. And then like, you know, the goth stuff was big and, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it like the Smiths and Susie and the Banshees and my parents could not relate to me. They were like, where, what is this stuff that you're listening to? You know, like, talking heads and you know all this stuff and they were like what and and, but my friends you know and I was a sci-fi geek right like a sci-fi and fantasy Mm -hmm. geek like I had my head buried in a book all the time and like uh, you know I wanted to live in these fantasy worlds and I wanted to talk about them with people and I had very Mm -hmm. few people that I could do that with and sort of like you were saying now like your groups of friends sometimes like don't they don't coalesce around the same ideas. And it's like, you feel like sometimes one part of you is one has is one foot is here and one foot is there, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. can you talk about like your growing up experience with the, yeah, ideas? I, I think we probably had a lot of similarities. I was uh, a, a kid in the Bay area in California, but I mean, like outer Bay area from Vacaville. We thought we were the Bay area. Um, (laughs) You could get to San Francisco in under an hour. So that felt like the Bay area. Um, But I also lived in the country. So my parents are split. One, my dad lived in like in town more, like just in a, you know, a regular housing development. But my mom lived in a rural setting and we had horses and pigs and chickens sometimes and uh, we we went through a stint with a couple of Barbados sheep, which kind of look like goats, but they're actually sheep. Oh, so we neat. had kind of a little in the Midwest. I think you'd call it a hobby farm because we weren't like okay. we weren't eating any animals or selling any like products. So these were all just like kind of just like high maintenance pets for some reason. <laughs> um, and I was a yeah, I was like a little rock and punk kid. I was very into like alternative. I was really mainstream for a while. And then a friend of mine who worked at the movie theater, so I thought he was the coolest man on earth, handed me um, a Pixies album. And that oh. like changed my life. Oh I was like, God. wait a minute. Yes. Music <laughs> that I don't just hear on the radio. I am... I've unlocked cool. I have now (laughs) unlocked the keys to cool. And so that started me going, taking my little self down to San Francisco, going to the Amoeba Records in the hate. That was like my, that was my, that was my hometown record shop. Despite it being an hour from my house, that was where I felt like I could be myself. The employees were cool to me. I felt like I asked for cool things and they rewarded my taste. You know, (laughs) it was very like. It's a poser's yes. dream to be yes. validated, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, that was me. I was listening to the Pixies. I was uh, riding horses, doing my little rodeo events on the weekends. Um, my dad's side, uh, all my aunts and uncles were, like, athletes, and my uncle played professional football and stuff. So they were uh, – you know, the, the, my black side, they were kind of popular kids. Like they were kind of cool mainstream, you know, the new, some family has been in Vacaville for a long time and people sort of knew them as like the, the jocks, frankly. Mm -hmm. And like, I so didn't, 
identify with that. I'm the oldest of my generation of Newsoms. And when I got to the high school that they had all gone to, my, my youngest aunt is only 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like the next person to get there. And I had some of the same teachers that my dad and that my um, aunts and uncles had had. And I walked into the gym for orientation and we had to like line up by our names or whatever. And when I gave my name, all of these coaches ran up to me after. Oh my God. Like, Newsome, Newsome. We haven't seen a Newsome in a few years. All right. What do you want to do? Volleyball. You want to do this? You want to do basketball? Blah, blah, blah. And I literally, it should have been like a meme. I was just like, where's the drama room? I want to be Oh God. It was, they were so disappointed because I'm tall too. And I was yeah. just like, I'm too awkward. I don't want to be in the sun. I really didn't enjoy the sun. I just want to be uh, inside, like reading in the a, band reading, room, reading some Brecht. Oh my god, I had lunch in the band room my whole life. Never was in band. Just ate lunch in there. <laughs> Why? Who knows? Yeah, that was me in the AV. I was in the AV squad. No windows, just hanging out in there. Yeah, just I had being the same a little thing. Nerd. <laughs> my just brother was troll, ten years older than me. <laughs> Get there, they're like, "You got to play basketball." I'm like, "Okay, where's the library?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, yeah, I did it, but you know, I'd rather be in the library. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing it. Yeah. I was not doing the sports. Yeah. Like I managed the softball team. <laughs> I, was, I did that because you're work. organized, right? <laughs> I don't know why they suckered me into it. They were like, "You need some type of PE. You need to be out in the sun, girl." Like, and I was like, <laughs> Ugh, "Do I really though?" Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, do I have to run? Because that's not my thing. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Now I love to be outdoors. Mm -hmm. I would, if I could do high school over again, I bet I would be like a fake little jock. I don't think I'd be good at shit, but I would definitely be like, <laughs> I like games. I like to kick stuff. I would probably do that over. I would just try and do it all. I'd be like, oh. I'm going to be in the play, but I also want to try and be on the soccer team, even mm -hmm. though I'd be bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be bad with everybody else's kid. That's true. Everybody's that's bad. Right. Everybody's bad. That's what you get there for. Get better. <laughs> and that's where our paths diverge. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but back then to me, we would have been like this. We would have been right. like watching the little the little American release of Sailor Moon. Right. Exactly. Moon come after school. Oh my gosh. I was convinced. I was like, I just need to find a man like tuxedo mask. And now that I'm a grown up, I'm like a mysterious, like borderline abuser. What are we talking about? Right. This is not something to aspire to. Do no. you remember the cartoon Dara? Daria? Daria. Yeah. Yes. Oh my that God. Was, yes. Daria was my girl, man. And oh, her yeah. friend Max. I fancied myself a Jane. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm hmm I was like, I'm Jane. I'm Jane. My friend Shar could be Daria. I'll be Jane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was my shit. It's my coming back. Isn't Tracy Ellis Ross <laughs> doing it? Really? Are you serious? Did I make this up or am I conflating it with two things? I think Tracy Ellis Ross is playing... Daria? Really? Who was the black girl from Daria? Welcome to Sci-Fi Sisters, a podcast where we sit and Google stuff. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Uh. <laughs> Daria, American sitcom. Gosh. Was there a black girl in? Oh yeah, uh, Jody. Jody, she was one of the popular girls. Yes, it's yes. So it's a Daria spinoff. She's gonna play Jody. I knew I read that somewhere. Oh my, oh, that's God. gonna be funny. That's gonna be That'll funny. Be really right? cute. Okay, yeah. I can't wait for that. Yes, yeah, I watch anything with her in it. It's such a good mm -hmm. time to be a black nerd right now. Yeah. Yeah, we have Thank so you, much internet. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. we have so much good stuff going on. 
you know, and it's, and so many black actors getting a chance to really show their chops and stuff like, you know, and you not least among them, because like, I mean, I swear to God, lower decks, as Yvette was saying, <laughs> got us through the pandemic, you know, like there's, uh, a, you know, a, oh, yeah. I, I, won't, I won't steal your words, Yvette, because you say it so much better than I do. Oh, well, uh, we were on the cruise and um, we were doing a panel with uh, the seventh rule. And I was saying how, um, you know, it was horrible. <laughs> the pandemic was absolutely horrible. It just shut down everything. Um, but then Lower Decks came on. Star Trek came mm-hmm. on and Lower Decks was, huh. I, so I was, <laughs> I, when they announced it, there was no way I was going to like it. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm good. But you know, I, I, all Star Trek is great. Just bring it on. It's just not going to be for me. So I love that show. <laughs> I, so I, I, gotcha. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it, it definitely, cause it, you could have slipped into a, a quiet depression during that lockdown. Mm. But knowing that Lower Decks was on, you know, it was funny. There were so many Easter eggs. It was smart. Um, and it just brought all of us, all of our Star Trek people together. It brought us, brought our communities together, you know. Um, it was everything we needed, you know, oh. um, especially Star Trek fans. We needed that. And it was, I, I, if you weren't a Star Trek fan, I always say I felt sorry for you because we had lower decks, you know, lower yeah. decks. That we could go, oh, remember that? Oh, that remember that? That's from, and, and it was funny and it was smart and it didn't talk down to us. Um, it didn't make us feel like, you know, we had to have a PhD to understand what was going on. Um, but it, it was great. And it, I think, I think Star Trek saved us in particular lower mm. decks because oh, we so all, yeah, we all could have been, <laughs> I mean, we all kind of messed up from it anyway, but yeah. you know, at least that, that we had that, which was lower decks. And I, I think it's, it is probably one of my favorite shows. Um, oh. And I don't laugh at most shows. I think some shows are funny, but I guffaw <laughs> at lower decks. So. We really dialed it in for you. We said, hmm, Yvette thinks this showed it for her. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give her references. We're going to give her a black mom and daughter dynamic. Man. Yes. We drew that, in. That is what yes. did it for me. I mean, Dawn Lewis. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Come on. Come on. <laughs> right? Come on. That's Dawn. all you got to say. <laughs> and she's the captain i'm like i'm sorry uh, J- jaleesa <laughs> jaleesa's the captain y'all jaleesa is the captain i said she got locks right she got okay i said that in one i didn't see that and this is why i'm so grateful that, for so, the yeah. sci-fi sisters because you make that reference like i mean like in our group the mothership you know like we made that reference and everybody was like yes and i made that same reference in another star trek group and they were like huh what you know like what they're like my jokes aren't landing help i need my people i know i that has been my whole life like the the (laughs) multiple venn diagrams of all my interests and (laughs) projects i've been involved in so rarely I feel like I'm the only person standing in the center of all those things sometimes. So it is so joyful to find shows like yours and people like yours and just uh, people like you and just so many of the people I met at the convention where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there's, there's more of us. And there's, yeah. I mean, I know that we're out there, but like before, you know, when discovery came back, I, I mean, sorry, when discovery premiered, mm-hmm. I had not heard any promo for it. Cause I was mm-hmm. not active on Trek Twitter. I didn't know it was coming I didn't know Trek was coming back at all. 
And I think I was literally watching, I had Paramount Plus, or at the time CBS All Access, because I was watching uh, The Good Fight. I was good obsessed fight. with The Good yeah. Fight. <laughs> yes. And I was obsessed with The Good Wife, and so when The Good Fight came out, I was like, I got to keep this train going, because it's The Good <laughs> Wife, but black people? Uh, right. I'm in. Right. Um, <laughs> and I called my mom, and I called my dad, like, separately, and was like, Star Trek is coming back. And they were like, we know. We're Trekkies. What are you talking about? We know this. You're late. Yeah. We've been known this. (laughs) Right? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm late. But, like, what what I did with all the joy that watching Discovery gave me and, like, being back in in the Trek world with new Star Trek was so overjoying. But what I was too shy to do was, like, really engage with the fans or like getting into the Trek Twitter at all. I just was like, oh, I'm not like enough of a Trek. I don't want to get like quizzed. You know, I didn't right. know if like, I didn't know how gatekeepery it was. I've had some friends who are uh, involved in the Star Wars universe and, uh, you know, it just made me like a little scared because bless you know, their little like- hearts. Bless their little hearts, the stuff they do. And some of them are huge Star Wars fans, and I still see the way that people talk to them online because they were in one of the properties. I'm just like, no, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm too scared to, like, engage with this fandom. But being in the show gave me, like, a a power and a privilege to be like, hey, I'm in the show, and, like, I, I know how things work here, and I feel empowered to, like not speak on behalf of anyone, but like I can speak from an informed and educated place about mm-hmm. our show. And that's a way for me to celebrate my fandom and like give little nuggets of info to people. So that really expanded um, my experience as a fan. Cause I, I think I would, I think I would have always been too shy to do it before mm-hmm. being in lower deck. So it, this is a long way of saying that shit saved me too. The pandemic is <laughs> wild. It's not over, but the right, really, really dark right. parts of it were, were really mm-hmm. tough and having lower decks to look forward to both to do and to watch and to you know engage with fans about online was a huge a huge yeah just a, a saving element yeah. for me yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was for me too and then it brought me together like i mean half of my friends now are people that i met online virtually you know during the sure. pandemic and we mm-hmm. shared all this time and space together and then yeah. friendships grew out of there and they're such meaningful friendships. And I realized like I was starting to meet some of them in person and we realized, we're like, Oh my God, are we really just meeting in person for the first time? Right. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like I know about your husband, I know about your surgeries, <laughs> like, you know, like right. I know yeah. all this stuff and like, you know, really intimate friendships have grown up and, you know, so, I mean, it's just, it, it's, uh, it, it's one of the very, bizarre silver linings like I feel for people who didn't have that type of outlet and support uh during during this time mm-hmm. too you know it's like we the Star Trek community just um I have found is always really comes together you know yeah. when we need mm-hmm. to you know mm-hmm. and we don't we don't feed the trolls like you know like the what's going on in in the Star Wars fandom is just when it's when it comes up when it does rear its head in the star trek community people fight it you know and yep. and they and yep. they stomp that stomp on that shit all the way down you know yep. and the franchise itself like right. I, this yes. is something i was just yes. talking about on uh on my show yo is this racist where uh, surprise we talk about shit that's racist but it's a comedy <laughs> show i promise um <laughs> but like I, you know i was talking about something that kendra james said who used to be the managing editor of star trek.com we love her we yes, love her i love her she's the best she needs to come on this show she's yes, she the best. does oh my god please um, kendra if you're listening we hope you and are and we know you are no, we know you <laughs> I'll, are, text, I'll text her right now 
oh. to come on this show. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll Love do it live on air. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she tweeted out when all this stuff happened with uh, Moses Ingram, all the mm-hmm. racist trolls coming out, attacking her, like we know they're gonna just... But the sheer fact of her existing in that universe on that show has people mad. Um, Kendra said, you know, it's almost as if these large franchises need to say with their whole chest on every platform available in every show, movie, whatever they make, hey, we don't tolerate this bigotry. Mm -hmm. If you're a racist, get to step in. You have no home here. And Mm -hmm. while Star Trek is not perfect and while they do a lot of stuff wrong – and have done wrong and continue to uh, have areas they need to work on, I'll say. Um, they are not only uh, – they're they're down with that idea of having that yes. conversation in the writing of the show. So when people complain about shit being too woke or too political or whatever, it's like, no, no, no. This shit is strategic because we have to say every chance we can get, we meaning the franchise, we have to say you do not belong here if you're a bigot of any kind. If you are a racist, you you just will not find a home here because mm-hmm. it's not enough to just make a good show and then put a bunch of black people in it and then right. subject us to the abuse. Right. online where when a bunch of racists didn't realize that the show they love so much actually doesn't align with their shitty values mm-hmm. like the, the content itself has to say it and everything else the marketing material has to say it mm-hmm. the website has to say you know yep. we have to be putting forth uh fan articles and things and we have to have promotional material that supports this idea of infinite diversity and infinite combinations like it is mm-hmm. but it is not enough to just say to just put a black woman in a show let a hundred people call her the n-word uh, yes. hundreds and hundreds of people call her the n-word and then put out a tweet that's like we resist we don't do that it's like no 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 right. no y'all have not been on top of this since Forever. kelly tran you have not been on top of this right. with john Vega. you were yep. never on top of this and yes you're doing the quote-unquote right thing now but it is the bare minimum you're is, late uh, yep listen to me coming for star wars i guess i yeah. never want to work in this town yeah i <laughs> But truly, like you're good, you're good. But it's true, though. I mean, that's the truth. But that's what Trek has has been better at. I will say, yes. is saying mm-hmm. with their whole chest all the time, get yeah. out of here, right? Like that's you it. don't exist. This is not what we are about. This is not what we've ever been about. Like really standing. Right. Like I feel like, and and you know the thing. I'm like I love Star Wars. Like I love to watch Star Wars and stuff too. My man is a hardcore sure. Star Wars fan. You know, I'm like. I'm obviously more of a Trekkie uh, than a Star Wars fan, but because, you know, because Star Wars, I mean, Star Trek has always been about something, right? They have always been unequivocally about social justice, right? Mm -hmm. Unequivocally, you know, Star Wars to me is more of the constant um, battle of the yin and yang. You know, um, Mm -hmm. the fight between good and evil. And like, to me, like, I don't like it represents like some hopeful things, but that battle seems to never, ever be won. Never end. (laughs) Never end. Like, it's just to me, it's more of a statement that this is a constant state of human existence. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Sometimes I do. It depends on the day, honestly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I mean, Star Trek is so substantive and, and it's just, it's in our DNA, you know, and I don't feel like they've mm-hmm. ever, the Star Wars franchise has ever wanted to take a stand one way or the other. Right. And, you know, I agree. And I, it, Star Trek is about us. It's about humans. Um, it's about the mm-hmm. human condition. Um, so that's why I, I love Star Wars. I mean, that was my first fandom, you know, um, mm. I love those. Th- I mean, honestly, all you need to do is watch those three movies and 
you're pretty much good. Yeah, yeah, but, you're, good. Um, <laughs> you're yeah, good. Um, but yeah, that was my first fandom. But like, it, it, there's nothing else. There's there's nothing. There's no growth. I don't think in it. I mean, it's always that constant struggle of good and evil. And then there's but what's going on in that struggle? Who, mm-hmm. Who's how are you living in the struggle? That's what I love about Star Trek. We know about humans and aliens, mm-hmm. but we know about the the minutia that's going on in life. You know, something that you could say, oh, I- I'm going through that too. This little thing mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of something I'm going through mm-hmm. where, you know, I don't watch Star Wars as much as I watch Star Trek, but, you know, I just don't see that. And I mean, do they even call us humans in that world? I don't even think that universe even calls us humans, right? They're not even, I don't even know I- what they are. <laughs> Look, I'm not authorized to speak on Star Wars. That is that's a weird thing where like I've seen everything they've made, yet I yeah. don't feel like I don't feel the ownership that I do right. like I do with Me Star too. Trek. Yeah. Like yeah. I have seen it all. I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen I guess I haven't seen the animated Clone Wars thing. That's probably the okay. only thing I haven't seen. But mm-hmm. everything else I'm like so I should feel like as much of a fan. I think I just didn't while I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't feel the ownership. Anyway, that said, if anyone from Lucasfilm or Disney or whoever owns you is listening, I am available. Um, <laughs> Space Force got canceled, so um, please don't listen to the first half of this podcast and hire me, please. Yeah, I just Moving read on. that about Space Force, and I am so – I've got to say, Netflix that. people like you done it's wrong. Good. Oh, okay, but it it's broke my heart. Good. That's okay. You know, we kind of <laughs> knew we, – we knew a little while ago that we probably – no, we have such a – that cast is like it was kind of lightning in a bottle. I can't believe we got us together Sick. to do two seasons. <laughs> it was amazing. I can't believe John Malkovich graced us with his presence for right? seventeen episodes of television. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Oh my god, I love and I loved you all as an ensemble. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, everybody just Thanks. like we had fun. Oh, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like y'all were zinging back and forth together. I mean, it just like, and by the second season, it just, it was, it clicked, you know, it was like, I felt that family is like, okay, like that work family, you know, like you got these tighter bonds with people and it's not, it's not so surface all the time anymore. And, yeah. um, you know, you're invested in each other's success, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to miss a black, ca- uh, a black uh, ho- helicopter pilot. I think that was cool. I'm just yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, uh, I love yeah, I, I loved doing that. I loved filming it. It was, it was truly the best group of people to work with. Not a, not a jerk in the bunch. I don't know how oh, we wow. managed that, That's but cool. everyone was cool and nice and fun and weird and great. Everyone's so weird. It's <laughs> delightful to learn delightful. just how weird John Malkovich is. However weird you think he is, it's Even weirder. You're there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> he just, and the things he likes are so, I think our first like two weeks of working together, he was just texting me like K-pop videos. I was like, who are you? Who is this man? One time he quoted Snoop Dogg at me out of the blue and I was like, sir, who are you? <laughs> oh, I love that. Delightful. I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear that. That makes me so that's, happy. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so can I, I yeah. can I ask one question? Um, maybe more just one. one. <laughs> um, just one. So, how did you? I know you. You've how many podcasts are you doing now? Is it three or two? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Um, is this a, is this a thinly veiled attempt at asking if the pod directive is coming back? <laughs> yes. 
I'll, I'll give you all yes, the ma'am. scoop. This is the for real, for real scoop. Okay. So that I do, uh, I do yo as this racist. And then we have, uh, so that's a free show. You can get it wherever you get podcasts. That's me and my buddy, Andrew T. We take voicemails from wild ass people telling on their bosses and family and shit. Um, and then we have a, 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 a subscription website, uh, where you can subscribe to bonus content from us. So we do like lots of little stuff in there. Um, limited series pods. We just, that's just like where we have fun. Um, and, uh, then I do, what else do I do? Is that it right now? Okay. And so then the pod directive, here's the thing, the pod directive, we did two seasons. We had a, a, a producer shuffle in that someone left the network. Someone else got transferred to a different job. So basically we lost our team of people that make the podcast, except for us, me and Paul Tompkins, the host. Mm-hmm. So then while they've been reassembling that team, we've just been like waiting until they hire the right people. They assign this other person. Basically it's, it was literally just like, we, we went from having a full team of people to make this podcast to, we have no one except for me and Paul um, <laughs> yeah. and Kevin are like engineer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't work inside a secret hideout, so I don't know when that team of people will be assembled, but they have told me every time I see one of these producers, because trust me, as much as y'all bug me on Twitter about when this is coming back, I am bugging them equally. My reps are bugging them. We're like, hey, when are we doing this? Because I hate that there's been this long gap. And the producers there, they hate it too. And they're like, we're so sorry. We know we just have to get the right people together. And that is the truth. That's not any weird smoke Mm -hmm. and mirror shit. Um, So once they do that, and my hope was like, I hoped we were going to start recording in like September, October. That would mm-hmm. be my dream. And yes. so that's what I'm going to push for, but we shall see who they hire and when. Okay. So thank we'll you. all keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> You're yes, welcome. And thank you. Yes. Because we love that show. That show, you guys did such a great job with that show. I, I mean, love it too. Uh, and all of this was like, I couldn't put this in a tweet. So I'm sorry. I've been like cagey about it, guys. I just couldn't like, I, I couldn't put in a tweet without it either sounding like lies, like mm-hmm. weird c- corporate smoke and mirrors <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> or without me sounding like I was throwing Paramount under the bus. Like they literally, right. you know how corporations go, they merge, they mm-hmm. shift, people leave, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. and I'm not going to edit and produce the thing myself. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Too busy. Why not right. woman? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Send it to us. Don't we'll do you it. do everything? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, we, might, we might be outsourcing in a second. Don't get right. what you wish for. <laughs> Don't get lazy on me now. <laughs> oh, I'm dropping things. Uh-oh. Okay. What's happening? Uh, nothing. I'm just, I'm throwing things around my room and dropping things. It's okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, Okay. I just have to, I want to go back a little bit to like, cause we started talking about them and then we went on to other things. I really need to go back to the dynamic of the Freeman family oh, on, sure. on lower decks because it is so powerful. Like, you know, first the, the, the black mother and daughter uh, relationship that is just a human, wonderful representation of a mother daughter relationship, you know? Um, and I I see so much of myself and and my mother in their, in their relationship, you know, and then to know that dad, you know, dad's an admiral too. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, come on. Like what a, what a great representation, um, you know, to show there and that, and that the family unit, the family, um, the strength of the family unit is really strong. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, did you know about the whole family dynamic? Like when you first started, like, uh, I mean, when did you learn about this whole family dynamic? 
Yeah, I think so. I think we reveal it all in the pilot at the end was of the it, pilot. The, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It mm-hmm. was. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, but I, you're right. I had to this. I had what the audience knew versus what Mariner knows versus what I knew as Tawny, who was becoming friends with Mike McMahon and texting him and being like, "What's going on here? Who, what legacy characters are we gonna have?" Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, so I was having a really hard time keeping track of what what info was where. But mm-hmm. I do remember that the end of the pilot, you find out that Beckett is Carol's daughter. <laughs> Carol's daughter, like the hair. I know, right? Like the hair <laughs> Yes. Oh my, that's my the, the only Zoom I've been on this week where I could make that reference yes. and have, have it hit like, at all. Where's my, where's my bottle? Where's my spray? Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing the side my sisters are. Oh, that's um, the best. But yeah, and then the, the dad being the admiral, I don't know if we... Yeah, 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 because Carol says she's your daughter, too, like in the outro of that episode. So the audience and everybody learns about the dynamic right away. Um, I also knew that there were some things that Mike hadn't – I don't think he had fully decided yet when they were – when we were recording season one, like about, like, why Mariner has a different last name or whether Mariner used to work with dad or whatever. I believe he's decided some of those things now, but again, I don't know what's public knowledge and what's like secret knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I won't say anything, but there were some things that had yet to be decided about their relationship. But I did know that throughout the entirety of season one, we were keeping the mother daughter relationship a secret from the crew and that it was both of their decision to do that. And then Boimler screws that up in episode 10, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course, of course Brad. Yes. <laughs> oh, Bradward. Oh, Bradward. Um, wait, can I ask y'all what you think about this? I've just been alerted to this. I've been alerted okay. to the fact that a strong section of the fandom wants Beckett and Brad to get together. Are you aware of this? This is no. a growing movement. No. Oh, Look, no, no, it is a growing that. movement. People have sent me Reddit screenshots. People are telling me they're telling me that they are that this is a thing that a significant portion of the wants, and I am t- I am took a tobaccoth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well, you should be. I, mm. Like, no, I'm not for that. I did not know that they were shipping um, Beckett and and Bradward. I did not know Mm-mm. that, but I'm not surprised that people are shipping them. No, thank you. <laughs> Okay, we got the verdict here from these two. They say no. Yeah, no. The Sci-Fi Sisters are saying no to that. Thank you very much. It would mess everything up. Right. I I love it that, you know, they, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, they're kind of this, like, lovingly dysfunctional sibling dynamic right now that I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Let them them find love in other places. Mm -hmm. And then they can come back when that, all that love doesn't work out. Then you have each other to come back to. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I mean, contrary to the uh, like when Harry met Sally opinion, you know, men and women mm. can actually be great friends without being yep, sure. romantically involved. You know, and I yeah. and I and I hate it when like when scripts devolve into that all the time. They have the either they rely on sexual tension between a male and female character mm-hmm. to get it going. Like they can't just be buds. They can't be right. pals. You know, or if they are pals, then eventually that that friendship has to turn into a romantic relationship. And I'm like, Oh, just believe it. Yeah. Can we just, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's that's a what, lot of that's good... what happened with, um, you know, with Picard and Crusher, you know, they told us in the beginning that they were going to be a love interest. And then 
it didn't work out and then there's nothing and then that horrible attached episode and mm. you know now people are like she's coming back so we got to put them together but i'm like why I know. <laughs> you didn't want them Gosh, together the, before it's just leaving the decades so. old ship that people yes. are they're gonna be they're either gonna be real disappointed or they're gonna be very happy yes and i don't you know what, i don't know which one is happening you know right. what i thought you were gonna say like i thought you know what i thought you were gonna ask us about i thought that you were gonna ask us about like the, the cliffhanger at season two oh. with captain freeman going out in handcuffs oh okay now i do want to ask about that what do you think mm. um, <laughs> sorry spoilers if you haven't seen season two i guess well yeah they should we know were, better by now they should know better they <laughs> listen to the sci-fi we, sisters they know the sci-fi oh, okay great, great. <laughs> like, don't come on here thinking we ain't getting spoiled so yeah. <laughs> y'all know <Yeah>. better <laughs> so i was not happy when i saw it but mm. i trust mike mcmahon right now so i'm hoping you know it's gonna be good but i am mm -hmm. tired of seeing black women in handcuffs and being sure. arrested I'm, I'm i'm sick of it but i trust mike i'm at this point i'm i'm waiting to see what's gonna happen but yeah it kind of yeah it yeah, did me a little that can be hard to see it's tough to have you know it's interesting to have story elements that are quote unquote the best for uh yeah for the story you're trying to tell i guess i should say mm -hmm. plot elements that are the best for the story you're trying to tell but there's a lot of dynamics you gotta take into account there's mm -hmm. gonna be things that mm -hmm. yeah just sit mm -hmm. sit differently on black characters mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. and i think um mike's every season but um yeah, I, I noticed as well in season three, his writer's room is very diverse. And he, he has something that I think is really important. He's got not just a diverse writing staff, but he has diverse senior level writers, mm -hmm. which, because okay. a lot of shows uh, really want to, I'm not talking about Star Trek, every show in the universe that thinks they care about diversity in the writer's room. They really love to pat themselves on the back because they've hired like four staff writers who are black or brown or queer or whatever. And then mm -hmm. every person that that black or brown or queer person reports to every EP, every senior level writer are all white. Mm -hmm. And when you are not in a position of any sort of power in the writer's room, it becomes more difficult to affect change. So right. I know that that is something that's important to everyone at Star Trek. But I just, I know Mike and I know that he, uh, he, he, he wants to protect these characters as much as he wants to protect his actors and his show, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I hope so. Cause I really love, I love Carol Freeman because she is, um, I, I, I didn't think I was going to identify with a cartoon character, of course, but I just sure. identify with her so much. Um, because I am, you know, a mom, I'm, I was in, in military and, you know, I have these, uh, you know, I have three army brat children and believe me that time when you, when, when it was, uh, Carol and, uh, um, Beckett with the, with the, um, the, 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 what was it? The rock that oh, rock is yeah, not, yeah. that was me and my middle child. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm like, I can see Jada yeah. go. Do, so do you need me to get the rocks um, thinner? You know, she, she's always that one. Like, please stop, you know? And sometimes I delight in that. And sometimes I'm like, it's not me, it's you. So yeah, <laughs> I see that. And I love that. And to see her and, you know, she, she was just evolving into this great, great captain. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, she decides to stay. And then the, the last scene is she's walking out with handcuffs. I kind of, uh, it took me aback. I was like, wait, what just happened? But I understand that, you know, we're moving into season three. So I know it's going to get better. It's deeper. The, you know, you can't keep throwing jokes out, you know, sooner or later, we're going <laughs> to have something deep. Because uh, I, I know I can, I can feel that this is going to be a classic um, Star Trek series. So. I'm waiting. Yeah, so. I just, uh, but yeah, it did it did bother me a little bit. For the writing for sure. The writing, like I, I love I mean, I loved it as a as a as a story. You know, I thought it was a great cliffhanger, you know, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I sat with it in a minute, I was like, ah oh, damn, it's gonna be controversy. You know, mm. I'm I hear it coming. But you know, I'm one of these people that I try not to prejudge. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have the answers yet. I don't know. Like, you know, um mm-hmm. I, I I it might look one way and it might not, but I'm not gonna judge it yet because I haven't seen the outcome, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, like I posited a couple of theories online and stuff, you know, I was like, you know, maybe maybe it's a deep dark secret agent thing like we don't know you know like but i have faith i I try to have as much faith in the writers um as possible you know especially in trek you know and then you know we'll see we'll let you know history be the judge but this particular group of people who are making this show i have a lot of faith in them you know uh because what they've given so far has been so excellent and because they're responses to fan questions and fan interactions are so well reasoned and um Mm. genuine and carefully Mm -hmm. thought out you know uh, you know they they, because they love this show as much as we do because they are fans you know Mm -hmm. um you know i have a lot i I have a good feeling like i think it'll be fine i think we'll all be fine (laughs) and i recorded that uh 13 months ago so i don't remember <laughs> what happened so i can't even tell you what happened i can't even lay your fears is that the word i want i i have no info because my brain erased everything that's happened in season three right it's really bizarre i didn't have that experience with seasons one and two i really remembered a lot of what's going on and i think now just i don't know my brain hit a capacity and when i might about something in season three i'm like what is that again? Who, where am I? So <laughs> That's we're cool. all going to see together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Like you'll be watching I with us wait. again and we'll be like, oh my God, did you guys see that episode? That was so good. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, whoa, I said that? Wow. Like they're truly going to have me, have to give me synopses before we do press for season three. Cause I do not remember what happened. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. So hopefully we'll, you'll come back um, also when, uh, when season three comes out, we'll love yeah, to have you back do again. It. Yes, Absolutely. let's do it. Yeah, I know. we could do so, it. Oh, we could probably. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Go ahead. We'll schedule. We'll schedule. <laughs> I I was wondering, you know, are you still doing any music right now? Like, are you just mostly acting? Yeah, I am doing some music. You know, I started doing. I put out an album in 2020. A lot of Trek fans bought it. Thanks, Trek fans. Um, yes. It's called That's Material a, Flats. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was what I was about to say. That was Material Flats, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was me and my homegirl, Bethany Thomas. We've been singing and making music together for over a decade. Um, and, you know, we've been a part of a lot of people's bands over the years. And whether as backing singers or whether as kind of co-lead singers, but 
this is the first time that we really sat down and made something together from scratch that was kind of just ours. And it, it was really special. And it was very much a like early pandemic thing. I mean, she drove from Chicago, her and our guitarist, Patrick Martin, they drove from Chicago out here on my little like Southern California compound and just lived out here for a few weeks while we wrote and recorded this album and then put it out like three months later and we did it all independent. I mean, I had to learn to like engineer myself and record everything. It was a lot, but you know, we had time in June of 2020. (laughs) It was time. There was not a lot of uh, work things happening. Um, I was actually recording. I was doing a lot of recording for uh, season two of Lower Decks in this in this very room as well in my little recording mm-hmm. studio. So between recording Lower Decks and recording that album, I felt very like, yeah, I just felt very dialed in. Um, mm-hmm. And now making music has a little bit of a different shape for me. I am trying to do a solo album. Not trying to do it. I'm doing it. Yay. It's just uh, I, I really like the focused approach of like, my band's getting together for three weeks and we got to have eight songs by the end of it. I love that. Nice. So I'm trying a little, I'm trying to like spread out the work and like do it when I have time by myself. And it's a little, it's harder for me to have deadlines that way. I kind of like a, I like a bum rush, you know? Um, But yeah, just, just making music just kind of for me, it doesn't really, this is not something that really like earns me a lot of money. I was happy to be able to take, the proceeds of that album and and pay my band pretty well the people who helped me make it Mm -hmm. so that was important i i kind of feel like i'm i'm fortunate enough to make a living from tv so music as long as i can just pay the people i work with that's the that's the vibe there nice nice and i gotta say one of the highlights of star trek mission chicago was you making time to go on stage ah, with our yes, our wow. trek uh trek geeks uh podcast network brothers five-year mission and yes. uh, if you guys you guys uh man tawny got up sta- on stage with them and performed psycho killer it was awesome yes it, it was, was so awesome. fun those guys are so good and like weirdly that like that mod looking TOS uniform yeah. for a band is such a good look for a band. I right. It is. It really is. What a <laughs> really cool neat. look. Just, just like a little shirt and a little vibe. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Andy, right, from the band, he had uh-huh. been very Fuck. like, yeah, he'd been so persistent all weekend. He was like, do you want to sing with us? Because I had said on Twitter that I would. And he was like, here's when we're going to go up. Here's when mm-hmm. we're doing this. And, you know, that was my first big convention. So I was a little like being pulled in a lot of directions. So he was very patient with me because I made a lot of promises and then didn't show up. So when I was finally able to, I was like, oh, phew, okay. What's so funny about that is when we first talked to you, like, oh, this can't be taken too long. I'll have all kinds of time. To me, I looked at you like, do you know you're tuning Tony Newsom? Because they just said, okay, and then to two days, you be doing signings and pictures. Here's the pictures window and the rest of the signings. And I was like, why on earth do they need me for eight hours? I'm not Kate Mulgrew. I'm not, I, I, I'm not George. I'm not Shatner. These people, and it, it did not take me as long. I did not have the lines that those people had, but there was a steady stream of lovely people coming up to me. And like I said, a lot of it was people who weren't buying anything they were just like we just want to talk about star trek with you Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what when i have the energy for it i welcome that 
Yeah. And when I don't, I'll be like, I'm too tired. I have to go to the green room and eat a snack. I'm so sorry. You look great, I need though. a snack. Yeah. I you love your great. Orion outfit, but, but I, I must have a granola bar in private. I think a lot of people don't realize like how much work conventions are for the celebrity guests like yourselves, you know, that they get. Like, you guys really get very little time to yourselves. You know, at a convention, yeah. you know, especially like, because you're there at the, at the autograph table all day. And when you're not there, you're doing photographs and this stuff takes forever. You know, like people know that their little time of space of time that they get to go with somebody, you know, it's like 15 minutes, like I, or less than that. And, and that's the end of their experience, you know? And, but for you guys, yeah. it's literally all day with just a little bit of a break, you know, and I, it, kudos yeah. to, um, you know, our, our folks who are Star Trek folks who make that commitment to do that type of work at conventions and give that back to the fans and do it with such grace and dignity. Because yeah. I think this, these days, you know, we don't have those horror stories of, you know, so how, like we used to get of how, like, you know, some of the other actors mm. used to treat fans and used to mm -hmm. treat doing these conventions mm -hmm. you know but now people come uh with humility and grace and mm -hmm. and and some love to impart that to people and 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 it's so it's so appreciated yes um for me too i didn't understand how much it was going to give me as well and like Yes, I am. I am someone who also gives a lot in each interaction. And so it can be kind of emotionally draining. I, I'm learning. I'll learn how to do these more efficiently, mm -hmm. but also how much energy it, certain interactions gave me back and how much joy. I mean, meeting you guys was one of that, you know, our first, Aww. our practice record, that was like, that was energy giving and boosting oh and like, right? yeah. oh, we got to like talk and share and it was cathartic. And then yeah. when I, like I said, when I saw you the rest of the weekend, it was like, uh, yeah, just that little spark of connection. So those mm -hmm. those moments give you energy. I will tell a quick, very heartwarming story. So backstage, and you know, I'm geeking out backstage because I'm getting to meet. <laughs> I am I am one of you guys. I am just a fan, like all of you. And yes, I work on the show, but also because like because my face isn't on the show, and because a lot of the legacy actors maybe they don't watch Lower Decks, they don't mm -hmm. know who I am. So they right. just see me running around, especially the day we were in costume. I think some of them just thought I was like a volunteer in right. cosplay, like <laughs> running around backstage. And that's fine. I did have to tell a couple people like, I'm in Star Trek. I'm kind of like you. And they were like, oh, that's nice, dear. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, Bless most part heart. of was lovely. Yeah, they were like, are you? You're in Star Trek, you say. Okay, congrats. They like move away from me. Um, but no, I was having such a great time. Oh my God, I was talking to the Enterprise cast. I love those dudes. But okay, so a, a person who will remain nameless because I don't want them to seem like I don't I don't want people to be mad, be mad at them. But this person was giving me advice and saying like, basically saying like, I noticed you at the table. You're giving a lot to each person. You're giving them a lot of time. You're really engaging. You're asking questions. And they were like, and you just don't have time for that. And you're going to learn after a few of these, you really need to edit down how much energy you're giving out. And I was like, okay, this is like a sage, this is sage advice from someone who's been doing this 20, 30 years. Uh, okay. And they're a nice person there. No mm -hmm. one complains about them being like jerks at their table. So I was like, okay, they've just found like a balance and maybe I need to listen to that. And then I met Alexander Sadiq and this mm -hmm. man, I mean, <laughs> first of all, took my breath away. I, right? met, I, I couldn't speak. He's, he was my, my first crush as a child mm -hmm. ever. Number one, oh, wow. he's still so 
so, so magnetic, so charming. And he looked at yeah. me and he goes, I love you on Space Force. And I went, <sighs> what? Why? <laughs> what? Uh, I can't talk about this with you. He was like, my wife and I, we watch it, blah, blah. And he starts talking about my character on Space Force. I'm losing my mind. So anyway, so I brought up the thing that the mm-hmm. other person had said to me. I was like, I'm learning. I really need to like control my energy in these things so I don't get worn out. And he goes, fuck that. No, you don't. Yes. Give everyone exactly what you want to give. Have every interaction be like it's your only one of the day. And if you yep. get worn out, then maybe the next one you tell someone, hey, I'm a little worn out right now. But he's like, just be your full self and be honest and you'll get so much more out of these interactions. Yep. That's how he is. Yep. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Well, in a world of that other person who I think is great and Alexander, I want to be an Alexander. Like, yeah. I, that's what I want. And if I get worn out, so fans, if you catch me, and you're, you know, <laughs> the, the one that catches me when I'm a little tired, I'm just going to be real with you and be like, I've just been, I've been, I've been going too hard. I'm so sorry. I can't ask you about your dog right now. What do you want signed? <laughs> right. But like, at least it's going to come from yeah. a real place and not me mm-hmm. like, It'll be you genuine. know, trying to throttle yeah. my whatever. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think mm-hmm. that's a, first of all, the best. yeah, you know, you got to meet, well, you know, Dr. Bashir, like his fine self. I remember mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the one of the first times, even way before he was ever thought about Deep Space Nine or Deep Space Nine was a thing, or maybe concurrently. Do you remember, you guys remember um, the, uh, the Agatha Christie mysteries that used to come on PBS all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mm-hmm. remember the oh, ones yeah. with Hercule Poirot? You know, yeah. they had yes. David, David oh, yeah. Suchet do Hercule Poirot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander uh-huh. Sadig was in one of those. And he played the uh, the character's name was Shaitan or something like that. And he played like this mysterious um, sort of North African eccentric rich guy who like was mm-hmm. a collector yeah. of rare things. And, and he ended up getting murdered. And, uh, you know, then Poirot had to you know, f- figure out who murdered him. Solid, I mean, yeah. and, like it took me years to realize I had been watching this. I've seen that episode so many times. Cause like, I'm like a diehard <laughs> fan of those things. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, that's Dr. Bashir. And he was like <laughs> super young. Oh, yes. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of fell wonderful. in love with him then. He, yeah. I've never mm-hmm. had the, the pleasure of meeting him before, but I'm going to change that one wow. day. <laughs> highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a super fan of his. Well, I know we have gone like all the way around the bend, you know. Um, That's okay. I mean, it has been awesome. <laughs> it has been so wonderful yeah. talking to you. Yeah. You know, I really feel like you we could just well. do, yeah, we could do it forever. Like I just get so I much know. joy in the shared experience and the shared love and, you know, the, the different perspectives and thank you. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Absolutely. Thank you both. I hope that this lives up to our, our practice round. You know, it probably is better because now we have like a familiarity. We're just chopping it up. You know, we were probably able to go a little deeper. Um, So, yeah, I'll just I'll have to come back and we'll have to do more and, you know, just keep the celebration going. Absolutely. I I told you, like, you know, the site, like you can't get rid of the sci-fi sisters now. Like you've got us for life. (laughs) I don't intend to. I think I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to be by my table at the signings and being like, (laughs) 
Tawny, do less. Tawny, do more. Like, yes. you're going to have to regulate my energy. I'm not going to be able let's to. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We will be hi, right hi, hi. Like right, you right. have, you know, and you have, I would be remiss if I, if I left out the fact that you have two more sisters that you have yet to meet. Who, I know. Like, yeah. Yes. You're yeah, shielding yeah, yeah. me from the full, the full cabal here. Yes. I need everybody. You're going to get that energy next time. You're yeah. going to get the yes. full force of the Sabrina and the Fran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Are y'all yes. going to Vegas? Well, I am. Yes. yes. I think they're all okay. thinking about it, right? Yeah, like some form or fashion of the of the sci-fi sisters will be there. We don't know how many of us are going to be able to make it, you know. Got it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I will be there. They haven't announced me yet, so I don't know if I'm breaking a rule by saying that, but I don't care. Uh, I will be there. Um, I'm very excited to go. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) That'll be fun. Cool. (laughs) That'll be real good. Well, thanks, you guys. Thank you for watching. Yeah, I'll have to come back when season three drops. I think that's – we don't have a date, but – the last two came out in August, so maybe this one will. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, right? Hopefully for Star Trek Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. yeah. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That probably. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Day. I need to put that on my calendar. I didn't have it on my calendar last year, and I had booked something else, and I missed it, and I was so sad. Oh, oh no. So now I'm like, every year, I just got to remember Star Trek mm-hmm. Day. Don't go nowhere. Right. Don't go like, nowhere. Stuff happening. Right. Like, it. and it's like you got you got to be right. glued to the computer on Star Trek Day for sure. Folks, thank you for listening. Tani, thank you for being here. Yvette, how do people reach us? You can find us on SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. Join us on The Mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. Download the Trek Geeks Network app where you can find us and our family of podcasts on the Trek Geeks Network, on Instagram, sci-fi.sisters, and we are also on the Twitter, at sci-fi sisters. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and leave a, me- a review, and we, w- we may read it on an up- upcoming episode. <laughs> Maybe I can get that out. <laughs> and there's more... Right, and there's more spelling because we got to shout out the baddest sound engineer in any and all universes as Dose the Anonymous One. If you need uh, musical skills, music production skills, or engineering skills, hit him up on Instagram at Dose the Anonymous One, Dose underscore the Anonymous underscore one on IG. I'm not going to spell it this time. It's Dose. No, okay, fine. I'll spell it this time. D O S underscore T H E A N O N Y M O U S underscore the number one. I'm not saying write out the letters, the number one. I'm telling you, it is the numeral one <laughs> on Instagram. The numeral. <laughs> the right. numeral. The numeral one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Tani, for being here. And we will see you all next time. Yay! Peace, love, and hair grease. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye.